listening to the 44th episode of Tuba Bitches. What's up? It's been a hot minute. I feel like we say that a lot, but like it's kind of true. But I feel like this time has been longer than other times, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just been a lot of things happening. So many things. Lately. Also, I lost my voice, so if I sound ridiculous this episode... Now you know why. I'm so sorry. I was doing a lot of yelling on the weekend, and then I just feel like I haven't had good vocal rest or vocal hygiene. Need to drink more water. But like, okay, before we get into it, let's thank our new patrons. There's been a few. Yes, thank you so much. Our last episode. Truly. So there is Rebecca, Emily, Nicole, Mary, Kayla, Madeline, another Kayla, Sarah. Thank thank you. you. You guys are wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Also, quick thank you to Catherine S. For sending us literally the most gorgeous podcast birthday gift. Yes, she sent us um, like some fan art of the entire inner circle. Yeah, inner circle. It, it's like beautiful. so beautiful. Like you yeah. literally did not have to, but like we're kind we of obsessed you. with it. It's so gorgeous. Thank you so much. Um, okay, updates. Where the fuck have we been? Um, we both moved. Yes, we both moved out of the house. We are no longer in the nest. Nope. We are living. So it was literally like Cass helping me move and then me helping Cass move. Yeah. Literally in the span of the past two months. Yeah. It's been crazy time. It's been like crazy. And then like I'm still finishing up moving, but it's kind of calming down a little bit, I think. Yeah, we're almost done with it. We're almost done. I I get married next month. So I think like after that. Things will be a little bit back to It should be like a little more smooth sailing. No promises. I, I feel like. Personally, for me, my life is calming down a little bit as it gets like as I get closer to finishing the move and like closer to the wedding. Like I feel like my life's calming down a little bit, which is really nice because I felt like it was really hectic these last couple months and it was kind of giving me anxiety. Fair enough. But mm, that's pretty much it. So that's the update on where we've been. It hasn't been anything interesting. It's literally just been like very mundane, getting in the fucking way, buying kitchen shit. Which is actually quite exciting. I love appliances. Anyways, um, let's do an obligatory. What have we been watching? Not much, really. I know, because like, we've been like even... busy. No, I don't even know. I can't even think. I've been watching like a lot of like just random shit. Like I watch like Love Island. Oh, I mean, I guess I've been I like been watching The Bachelor. Oh and... yeah, we watched The Bachelor. And then now bachelor in paradise but i watched a few episodes of bachelors in paradise and and i quickly lost interest so i think i'm probably gonna stop really you're not yeah, i mean i don't really much. watch paradise but it's it's interesting there's some there's some interesting relationships that have formed so far yeah i heard there's some very big age gaps yeah which um you know people have different opinions on mm-hmm. some people are for it some people aren't i mean I think as long as you're, like, adult, but then at the same time, I'm kind of like, what do you have in common, really? Like, I think that, the, so, no, they're, honestly, they're both pretty big. So, one of them, one of the relationships is between a 35-year-old and a 23-year-old, like which is pretty big. I feel like that's also two different stages and of life. And then the other one is a 25-year-old and a 40-year-old. That's a lot. That's a lot, right? Like, I feel I like. I think those are big pretty big age gaps and i mean like i don't think that's something necessarily you might notice right now because like Mm -hmm. does a 35 year old look that different from a 30 year old like a 40 year old look that different from a 30 year old no not really so like you're not really gonna know like they both look very young like very youthful Mm -hmm. but i mean like when you think about it long term 
it's like, is that going to last? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I just think it's, it's more so like, what do you have in, like, what do you have to talk about? COVID, I guess. I guess. But like, you were born into entirely different like generations, you know? Like, I just Yeah, it's like crazy to think about. Everything is so different. Like, I, like, you know, like I'm like 27. Yeah. So like, I can't. I, I, we're I, the same age as like the 20, uh, basically a 25 year old. And imagine, can you picture yourself dating a 40-year-old? No. Yeah, no. No, like, as much as, like, oh, yeah, like, oh, they're so hot, like, whatever. But at, outside of that, like, you know, I have to actually, like, talk to them. They were born in a whole different, like, time than I was. Like, that's, like, a pretty big gap, so. But I also think it's kind of weird that the, like, The Bachelor Let's allows that those types of situations to take place. Like, it's just really weird. I personally, really weird. I always found it weird that, like, Everyone is always so fucking young on The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Like, all the girls I find are always... Now they're starting I feel like to include more, like, age diversity. Not but before even, I feel, it was like... No, not even. I feel like it's getting... It's been getting younger. Really? Yeah. Like, I feel like the girls have been getting younger, but I, the guys have... And the guys have been getting older. It's it's just interesting. I mean, like, there's a little... Like, I mean... Okay, no hate to people who get married young. Absolutely not. No, yeah, because I think we... A lot of people would consider us getting married. Oh, like, for sure. Young. And like, I was supposed to get married, you know, um, this year, and now I'm getting married next year. So like, I mean, I'm, I am rel- getting married relatively young, but I mean, I think it's crazy. But I've also known the person I'm getting married to like for a very eight long time, place plus years. You know, so it's crazy to think of a 22 year old meeting someone, meeting someone, and knowing them for like 10 weeks, maybe, and that then getting like... engaged and getting married. That's like very crazy to me. Yeah. To, like, being that young and being like, I'm ready for marriage. I'm going to marry this man that I just met. It's crazy. I think in general, it's just, like, interesting the concept of, like, thinking you're, like, like meeting someone and being like, we're getting married. I'm like, ooh, that's a lot. That's a big decision. But I mean, like, I, I can almost see it with people who are a bit older. Yeah, maybe. Because they want to go, like, next stage of life. Or, like, yeah, they're, like, like they, yeah, they're tired like, of waiting. They found a person. Like, there's... They, they they had a lot of life experience, so they know this is the person yeah, yeah. they want to be with. There's like no when you're 22. Or or 22, like, that's, that seems kind of young. Yeah. 22, 23, to just, like, go on The Bachelor. Yeah. And be like, oh, I'm going to marry that 35-year-old like, man. If I were, like, if I would have been single at that age, like, I don't think I would have ever gone on The Bachelor because I feel like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm just here to have, like, a good time. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, it's an odd concept. Because same with me, like, I guess, I mean, I'm a little, I'm older than you, so I feel like, Sometimes I tell people and they're like, oh my god, you're so young. You don't want to wait. But like, again, I knew my fiance for a very, very long time. Yeah. Like literally going on like nine years. So. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's been like a the fucking next time. Step. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. It makes um, sense for you. I didn't know him for two weeks and then we got engaged. That's for sure. That would have been a yeah, little Yeah, I mean, odd. The Bachelor whole franchise just makes no sense. But it's fun to watch sometimes. Oh, it's, it's like a train wreck. Like you just yeah, can't stop, exactly. you know? Also, um, I refuse to watch Kissing Booth 3 send tweet. See, we've talked about this, and I said I didn't want to watch it, and you said you were going to watch it anyway. I know, but then I changed my mind. So we're not watching it. I don't really want to watch it. Because I wasn't going to watch it unless I watched it with you. I mean, we can still hate watch it. Because, like, I, I just can't do it. Because, like, I've seen so many pictures, and I've seen a very heinous wig at some point in the in the movie. I know. And it's, I'm just like, oh, no, babes. Like, why? Spoiler alert, I don't know why they put on, like, short wigs to make people seem old. I'm like, like that's why not, is that synonymous with old? Yeah, just like, because you, you know, got a Karen haircut does not mean you're old. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, I know people who have, like, long hair when they're old. Like, it just makes no sense to me, but I digress. Whatever. Yeah, I, and I also just, I'm not, I don't back the ending of the movie either. I know, spoiler. Here's we, my thing. 
listen. This and this is my 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 grievance with Netflix. Let's hear it. They're starting to make the ending of their rom coms a little bit too realistic. I know, and I don't which want that. is not the point of, of a, a rom com. You watch a rom com for that couple that you know is going to end up together, 100%. end up together. Exactly. That's why you're watching that movie. You're not watching it for them to like part ways and grow separately. And like, oh, Fuck you that. know, the oh, the ending is open for interpretation, open ending. You I'm can stupid. Decide. I don't want to no, interpret. No, I want to see them, you know, run into each other's arms, the end of the movie, and right off kissing the in the rain. Like, just give me what I want. I know. Same. I agree with you. Like, I don't watch a rom-com to, like, see more real life. Like, I watch a rom-com to, like, escape, you know? So. Like, even with that other movie, that other, fr- like, uh, movie trilogy that I was following, which was um, To All the Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, their ending was, I mean, okay, that ending I, I at least liked a bit better. I don't think you watched it. Um, I didn't watch it because I only watched those movies with you. So if you didn't force me to watch it, I didn't watch it. Okay, well, I'm going to spoil the ending for you right now. Okay. Spoil the ending for everyone. It was, I mean, it was still, I still preferred the ending because, like, they still ended up together. Mm-hmm. But it was more of, like, an open-ended ending. It was kind of like they chose to stay together and do a long-distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And they both go to, like, schools on the opposite sides of the states. Mm. So, like... Will they make it? That's I, the question you don't know. I mean, I don't hate that. Like, I would have preferred that to, like, the kissing booth ending, but whatever. Oh, the kissing booth ending was trash garbage. I don't know. We didn't even watch it. So, like, Oh, like, it's, but I, I needed to know how it ended before I I know, I know. It. I Googled it, please. And the one I found out at the ending, I'm like, I, yeah, okay, I'm not wasting my time, sir. I'm not fucking wasting this time to watch this fucking movie. I know. I agree. But anyways, that's, I really haven't been watching anything else. Like, it's kind of been, like. It's like. Then this is a real left field. Movie. I was gonna say like, all right, let's hear it. So a while ago, um, ABC did a remake of Dirty Dancing. Okay. And, and let me tell you, it was trash. Like so. Who was in it? So trash. So um, Nicole S- Scherzinger. Thank you. I I just I fucking no love I was, her. Was, there was no way I was saying that last name <laughs> properly. Um yeah, so she's in it. She doesn't. She she plays like um. I think actually is she in it? I think so. The Pussycat Doll. Yes, mm-hmm. I think she's in it. She, I think she plays like someone who works at the hotel. Okay. Well, maybe not. She plays someone. Anyways, okay. forgot. It was a long time since I watched. I just remember her face. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the person who plays and the guy who plays um, like the original Patrick Swayze character. Why is his Why is his name escaping me? What's the character's name? I don't know. I want to say Danny, but that's Grease. <laughs> <laughs> that's another movie with lots of dancing in it. Wait. Come on, it's gonna hit Her you. name's Baby, and his Nobody name. Nobody puts Baby in a corner. Should I Google it? No, no, no. I, okay. need, I need a minute. Just give me one sec. Okay, everyone, silence, please. No, Robbie's the bad guy. Good luck. <laughs> oh my god. Everyone listening to this is fucking screaming the name for sure. They're like, it's bad. Like yelling. Could, can you just say generic white man names at me? Dan. No. John. No. Tom. Johnny! Oh no. my! No. Oh fuck! That's not it. Damn it! Rick. Is it though? Johnny. Bobby. No. Robert. Maybe it is Johnny. No, that doesn't sound right. Tommy. No. I don't know any generic white man names anymore. John. Should I just Google it? If I had to take, if I if I had to guess, I'd say Johnny. Okay. But I need to know now because it's really gonna bother me and I won't be able to think about it for the rest of the episode. You're right. It's Johnny. Oh, okay, great. That makes me feel better. <laughs> I literally would have not stopped thinking about it no, for know. the rest of the episode. So anyways, 
the guy who plays him is kind of a nobody. I don't think he's ever done anything anymore. But the person who plays Baby, Baby is Abigail Breslin. Yes. Breslin, Breslin. That person. Are you looking up the movie? I'm looking up the cast. Please the tell me Nicole's in it. Let's find out. Yeah, Nicole Scherzinger. Yes. Okay, great. I remember something. Yes. Okay, anyways. So the point that I'm trying to make about this remake was, I mean, other than it was trash, was the ending. They changed the ending to make it, quote unquote, more realistic. So you know how with the ending of Dirty Dancing, they have like that little cute dance moment and it just kind of ends. You don't really know what happens because like, like you don't need to know. Okay. doesn't matter what happened in the future because you know in your head. You're thinking that they rode off in the sunset and they lived happily yeah, ever since. Okay, 100%. you don't need to know if that they really flew happened. off in the green car. It's, it's so fine. in this movie, that scene happens, but then it flash forward. No, like to five, ten years or whatever. Absolutely not. And she is going to see his show in New York, so he has like a dance show or whatever. But she, you know who she's taking to see the show? Her husband and kid. <gasps> so guess who she didn't end up with? Oh my god, Johnny. Why is this like La La Land? And I'm like, bitch, I didn't need to see that. I don't need to know that they don't end up together. Oh, no. So anyways, like that's that's what happens when you make rom-coms realistic. No. Like, no. No one wants that. Here is our official plea. If you are making a rom-com, please just make it fantastical and let them end up together. That's why I'm reading it and or watching it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you. And um, that's my, my story. That's your story. Speaking of reading, I can't stop reading the Throne of Glass series. I am almost on air of fire. You know, it's bad. I'm, I would consider myself in a reading slump right now. Really? Crown of Gills of Bones. She put me there. Really, she really did you in, huh? See, I yeah. just keep reading. Okay, so I got Kindle Unlimited. And I don't know if that was the best thing I ever did or the worst mistake of my life. Because let me tell you, sometimes I stay up till 2 a.m. reading random fucking books that are on Kindle Unlimited. And it's so great. Um, I read the Spanish Love Deception re- uh, recently. That was pretty good. I think I heard that about that book. It's actually quite good. I like thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, See, I wish I could read as fast as you do. Like, I, this is crazy. It's but those like those books I read on Kindle Unlimited are like 200, 300 pages. Like, they're really quick. And like, if the big books I do, um, I do audiobooks now. So I'm listening to Air of Fire on audiobook. And like, spoiler alert, if you haven't read this series, I'm about to talk about it for like a really hot second. Like, really quick, really quick, really quick. I fucking love this fucking series. Like, tell me why I'm so goddamn invested. Well, I mean, also, that's what everyone's been Rowan saying. and Selena are true, like, enemies to lovers. Like, they literally beat the shit out of each other, which is, like, not okay. But, like, you know when you say, like, enemies to lovers and it's, like, oh, they poke each other and, like, they're over it? Like, they literally, like, kick the crap out of each other for, like, a solid chunk of the book. I think at that point it's Rowan and Aelin. So sh- they still call her Selena right now. Oh, on the bottom of the book. But technically, like, it is Aelin. But, like... Sorry if that was a spoiler for you. Well, I technically... But if you didn't know that those two people are the same person... I warned them. I warned them. I said, spoiler me around the series. Then you have not watched Also, just, like, you know, for, like, a little sprinkle, tell me why I'm crying over a fucking wyvern. A what? Exactly. What on earth is that? You know, like, it's a small dragon. Oh, that's cute. So I'm crying over a small dragon because I have big emotions. Anyways, so that's what I'm doing. Um, what are we doing today? Well, we are continuing the journey. The journey. Of Crown of Gilded Bones, part two. Um, What's sad about this is there's still a part three that needs to be done. I know. 
Um, spoilers ahead. If you haven't read this book, turn back now. Or don't. Because we're not your moms and we cannot tell you what to do. That's about it. So, um, kind of picking off where we left off. Yeah. Last time. We, we literally left off in a sex scene. Yeah, in the shower. Yeah. Which was, I think we, like, lackluster. It wasn't great. Uh, and, like, he was literally Missed just, like, opportunity, I think, for a great sex scene. Yeah, I Missed agree. opportunity. I agree. Um, but I just wanted to um, make a statement. Yes, please. Go ahead. This is um, the platform for and it's, it. And it's literally just about this entire book. It's, yeah, go for it. This, this happens throughout the entire novel. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't include it in our summary because I it just happened so many times. And it just became so annoying that I just want to make, like, a, a blanket statement right now. Let's, let's hear it. At the beginning of this... We're essentially, um, every single time Poppy wants to ask a question, <laughs> Kieran rolls his eyes and mm-hmm. says something like, oh, I'm not surprised. Or like, huh, who like, would have thought? Like, you know what I mean? Like some, sor- yeah. some sort of sarcastic like, comment. And I'm just like, man, just let her ask a damn question in fucking peace. Also, like, there, I feel like there is just a moment in time when a joke gets old yeah it's just it's just too often now. Like, like i feel like the first couple dead. times whatever like you know mention it every once in a while but like every time she asks that fucking question i'm like leave her alone she's learning she was sheltered her whole life like she doesn't know anything i don't know anything what is happening in your world do you know how many questions she's I never a seen a shower before like, like she doesn't know her, what a fucking pipe is let her she be. didn't know what a dick was until like two books ago just let her be. Let her live. I'm with you on that one. Anyways. Anyways. That um, was my one statement. There will be, there, sure we'll, be more. I'm sure, sure we'll complain about it a lot. Oh, Don't 100%. Worry. Would it really be two book bitches if we didn't fucking complain every five That's seconds? That's what we do for okay. life. So, Castile leaves the room and comes back with food. After they had sex. Like every dutiful husband should. Take note. Poppy then sleeps for like 24 hours, which I feel like... Is a dream, to be honest with you. Do you think you could sleep for twenty four hours? Oh fuck yeah! Like actually sleep though. Yeah. Like you're not just lying in bed. Um, I think that I could confidently sleep like at least as long as like a sloth or a koala, which is like twenty two hours a day, like for sure. Like I think I would need at least two hours to like pee and like maybe like eat something. But, like I think I could do it. Like I really do. I'm confident in myself. All right. Challenge. <laughs> do you think you could? I don't know. I mean, I've definitely slept. I've definitely done a lot of hours in bed. But I don't know if, like, if I could sleep for all of them. I'd have to see. I think I could do it. I'm confident in my abilities. All right. Should we start the timer? All right. Good night, guys. <laughs> have you ever seen those things where it's, like, the challenge where, like, these people, like, sleep in, like, a fucking, like, glass box. And, like, people just watch them sleep. It's really weird. That's weird. I don't know if I could sleep with people watching me, but I could do it by myself for sure. Or, you know, what would you do if you didn't know someone was watching you sleep like Edward? <laughs> Oh my god, speaking of that, have you seen those acting challenges on TikTok, the Bella acting challenge, where it's like how Kristen Stewart asked that scene where he's like, I watch you sleep, and she's like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the person beside them is like the normal, like how the normal person. She's like, oh my god, that's so sweet, love it. And then like the normal person is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? They're so funny. Anyways, um, she wakes up, she being Bobby, to find Castile reading Miss Willa's journal. He starts reading an excerpt from the book about her having a foursome and says that he has a theory that Willa was either Atlantean or of Atlantean descent. 
Um, he teases like Poppy about foursomes, and Poppy is reluctant to leave the bed and face all her problems. Honestly, same. It's, we've all been there. We've all been there, babe. Don't worry about it. Um, I feel like a foursome is a lot. That's a lot to worry about. It's a lot of um, it's a lot of bodies to keep track of. It's a lot of genitals. It's a lot of genitalia, you know, just a everywhere. Lot. Kieran comes to get Castile because the king wants to see him, and Castile reluctantly leaves, and Kieran decides to wait with Poppy. Alone, Poppy asks Kieran what he thinks about the primal notum, and he says that, like his people, he is amazed by it and says that his people are honored to be alive when a descendant of the gods um, is present because the children of the gods are the reason the woven exists. So he's, like, all for it. And my thing is, like, if he's all for it, why are you bothering her? by making fun of her for asking questions leave her alone and respect her exactly as you should. respect your superiors exactly sir. he explains that the kiyu were on the brink of extinction when nikdos appeared and asked them if they would protect the god's children and in return he would give them human forms and long lifespans nikdos was one of the few gods that can change forms taking the shape of a white wolf in Atlantean art, Nyctos is usually depicted with, like, a wolf either at his side or, like, behind him. And when the wolf is beside him, it symbolizes the offer he made to the Kiyu. And when the wolf is behind him, it symbolizes the shape he can take. So, like, we get to learn a little bit about history. Kieran then goes into the issues facing Atlantia right now, like the shortage of land, the uncertainty about the crown. Because, like, you know, Castile's parents have been ruling for, like, far too long. And the whole ascendant situation, obviously. There have also been unexplainable incidents in Atlantia lately, like crops being destroyed overnight, homes catching fire, businesses being vandalized, and I'm just like, that's very scary. And Poppy suspects that Alistair might have been behind those unexplainable events because creating unrest would help in his coup. Poppy then brings up um, that interaction where she thought she heard Kieran respond to her in her mind. He says that he remembers... um, that like she wondered out loud if Alistair's plan had failed but she tells him that she only thought it and that she heard his response back he's super confused because he was in his woven form and only thought of the answer to her questions like he couldn't have opened his mouth otherwise it would have been like bark bark you know yeah like it wouldn't have been like a language bark bark, <laughs> bark, bark bitch <laughs> but I'm like bark bark bitch why are you asking so many questions <laughs> Um, she tells him that it happened before with uh, Delano and that she can feel his imprint. That sounds dirty. Kieran wants her to try and see if she can feel his imprint. And when she does, it feels like cedar. Whatever the fuck that means. You know what I'm coming to realize? You know this whole thing like, he smelled like cedar. I'm like, what the fuck does that smell? Here's my problem. Yeah, I, mean, I was about to like... Like, I, it's just wood. To me, can you just smell something and be able to say that's lavender or like i or even something more generic like that's like the smell of the sea you know what i mean like can you smell something and be like pinpoint what that smell is i feel like for certain smells i can like smells that have like a really you know unique smell profile but you know when like some books are like she smelled like salt i'm like what the fuck does that mean or like she smelled like the ocean on a rainy day it's like okay relax like Or like she smelled like rain. What the fuck? I mean, it's kind of like, technically like what? The olfactory sense is like the oldest sense we have. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I I can have a great sense of smell. That doesn't mean I can pinpoint what those things are. I don't know. I'm just coming to realize it more and more. I'm like, I don't like all these wood analogies. I don't know what cedar smells like. I don't know what ash smells like. 
like an ash tree birch what the fuck <laughs> chestnut chestnut walnut i don't know i don't know and stop telling me because like now i associate woods with sexiness and i can't have that that's really uncomfortable anyways they then decide to try and see if they can speak to each other telepathically on purpose i'm sorry i'm sorry did you ever try as a child to see if you could move things with your mind. 100% after I watched Matilda. Okay. Like, did you ever like, like stare at a door? Yeah, like, like really close, hard. Bitch, close. Okay, like low-key, I used to do that so much as a kid. I would like put something in front of me and i just like stare at it really hard. Never Nothing worked. happened. No. Sad times. Um, then, because we didn't read books young enough. Or did you do that thing where like you would think of something? You'd be like, if you can hear me, sneeze. Or like something like that, or was that nah, just me? That's that's ghost shit. I don't I don't fucks with paranormal activity. Oh no, it's not paranormal. I wanted to see if people could read my mind. Yeah, what if you just heard a sneeze in your corner? Oh no, that would like fuck me. Well, right up. that's basically what you were tampering with there with those questions. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Never mind. I rescind that question. Um, they try and it works. And Kieran says that it must be the notum and explains that Nikdos would communicate to the Kiyu directly with their minds as well. It's like every werewolf like story ever they can talk how to else are they supposed to talk bark 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 <laughs> woof <laughs> cute <laughs> it's a very tiny wolf <laughs> really baby one it's like <laughs> high pitch it's like really high pitch it works well with my like voice kind of gone so poppy doesn't understand how she has all of these abilities all of a sudden and currency same Honestly, this whole book makes no sense, but we'll get there. Maybe. Kieran, honestly, I don't even know if we figure anything out. No. By the end of this. <laughs> More questions than answers. Only questions. No answers. Kieran suspects that it probably had something to do with when she ascended and all of her mortal blood being replaced with Atlantean blood. Their conversation, however, is interrupted by Kieran hearing something outside on the veranda. He goes to check it out and tells Poppy to stay put, but of course, she doesn't listen and follows him outside. Kira notices that the wolven that was patrolling outside is currently missing. They start hearing shouts, and Poppy tries to move in that direction, but Kieran grabs her arm, and Poppy gets, like, pissed that he's trying to stop her and tells him to let go of her arm or she'll make him. Ooh. Fighting words. He lets go, saying that his life would be a lot easier if she weren't so brave, and tells her not to get killed. They hear more shouting, and Poppy says that they'll discuss this later, whatever that means. So then lights start flaring across the wall, and then a man appears wearing a dissenter mask. Then a bunch more guys in masks appear. Mm -hmm. Poppy notices that she doesn't feel anything from them, kind of like the Ascended, but Kieran has no idea what they are. Then another masked figure comes out saying that he wants the maiden, and Poppy can sense that this one is different. Like, she can sense that this, whoever this is is alive at the very least. Like, the guy's got, like, a heartbeat. She's like, like, I don't know if you're human, but you're definitely alive. You've got a pulse. You've got a pulse. Yeah. He tells her that she should have never survived that night in Lockswood. And this kind of throws her off guard because no one has ever brought up that town. Like, not even Alistair. Like, not a lot of people know that that's kind of where her parents were killed and everything like that. Mm-hmm. She asks who he is, and he replies, I am no one. I am everyone. And I'm kind of like, are you God? How is this God? Like, <laughs> are you God? Sounds like God. God, are you there? I, I hate when people say this shit in books. I am no one. I am everyone. It's like, just tell I me am who everywhere. the fuck you are. Just like a name would have sufficed, thanks. Like, 
Bob. Smile. Johnny, is that you? Johnny? (laughs) And then all those things that she couldn't feel if they had like, like she couldn't feel anything from them, all those things kind of like charge on them. Mm -hmm. They start fighting, but when they kill one of those things, it would explode into dirt and like black oil that smelled of like stale lilacs. Gross. Uh, I hate... Yeah. I also, this is like, again, so specific. I hate the smell of like dying flowers because it's like mm. sickly sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it just smells gross, yeah, like slightly gross. rotting. Ugh, it's disgusting. Then while fighting another one, Poppy yanks its mask off and finds out that these things are faceless with only thin black slits where the eyes should be. That's literally nightmare fuel. Yeah, that's disgusting. No, thank you. Like no face, no nose, nothing. No, thank you. This makes Kieran realize these things are called Grims? 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 Uh, you'd think I would Grims. know because I listened to the audiobook. No, because the Y no, no. is first. Grim. Girum. Girum? Okay. Girum. They're called Girums. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, we're so bad at this. Ugh, why are we... I literally listened to the audiobook. Why am I like this? Anyways, whatever. No, you know what's going to get bad? The pronunciation of the two queens' names when they start, like... Oh, God. I don't even want to think. I'm just... They, mm. they come in... At one point in, in this part, they, mm. they're, they like... There's conversation about one of them at the same... Ah, it's gonna be tough. So I apologize in advance. All right. Or, like, Malik and Malik. Ah, stupid. Good luck. Stupid. Good luck telling them apart when you're listening to this, so I apologize. Anyways, Castile's father then appears and starts helping them, and Poppy is mortified when she realizes that she is wearing nothing but Castile's shirt. So she's showing a lot of leg. Showing a lot of ankle. Yeah. Uh, then Castile arrives with a bunch of guards, and then all of the Giram yeah, were sure. either dead or disappeared by now, and that man who knew about Lockswood also disappeared too. Mm-hmm. The king then explains that the man wasn't a dissenter, but was a member of the Unseen. Here we go, another fucking term that like, is like, poof, here, learn something new. Right? You didn't know, now you do. So the king takes pity on all of us and explains that the Unseen... Um, are an ancient brotherhood that date back to around the time deities began interacting more with the mortals living far from Atlantia's original borders. The deities um, wanted to rule all lands under one kingdom, regardless if there was already a ruler of those lands, because they were, they were just literally like, I don't give a fuck if there's already a king or a queen or someone here, I want it. They believed that they could improve the lives of others, but many Atlanteans and other bloodlines didn't agree with them. The deities then feared that there would be an uprising, so they created the Unseen to be their spies and soldiers, to like root out any forming rebellion they were like these creepy looking things will squash anything um eventually the unseen turned on the deities as they believed that some of the deities choices regarding the mortals weren't in the best interest of atlantia the unseen were then disbanded or so they thought bum, bum, bum. they suspect that the unseen are behind the other things going on in atlantia too like the destroying crops and like the fires and stuff so like it's not always alistair's fault technically or is it is Alistair's, like, group of people that were following his lead, Maybe. the Unseen? I don't know. Or was he following the Unseen's lead? Stay tuned. In fact... Because talked about that brotherhood, right? Maybe yeah. the Unseen is that brotherhood. Oh, true. In fact, they found one of the Unseen's masks at the site of a fire. Wow. Poppy's theory is that the Unseen are probably doing it to create more unrest just in time for them to provide the people with someone to blame for anything, which in this case would be her. Alone with Kieran and Castile, Poppy immediately chastises Kieran for trying to stop her from fighting earlier. Um, Castile is literally like, yikes, bad choice, dude. Like, I don't know why you did that because she's stubborn as fuck. 
Um, I feel like this is also something that comes up a lot. This one, like, stop Poppy. Oh, no. We can't stop Poppy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's an independent bitch. No one can stand her way. Just leave her alone. Let her do what she wants. Yeah, it happens a lot. Um, Kieran apologizes and agrees to never stop her from defending herself again. Duh. As he should. They change subjects and start talking about the guy who knew about the town where Poppy's parents were killed. She tells them that Alistair claimed that her mother was a handmaiden, trained to fight, and how he claims that someone named the Dark One lived the Craven to the inn. They ponder whether the Ascended was behind um, that situation and if potentially the Ascended knew if one of her parents was a descendant of Atlantia. They speculate that given how strong Poppy's powers are even before she was ascended, that one of her parents must have been full-blooded Atlantean. All this speculation just leads them from one question to another with no real answers, as per usual, and Karen just flat out says that maybe her parents weren't really her birth parents at all, or at the very least, that what she knows about them is a lie. Lots of fucking speculation in this book. This whole book is a speculation, and it's just really annoying because you just get so many theories, and I'm like... Okay, listen, just tell me facts. I don't need any more opinions. I just need facts. I get really confused when there's, like, too many speculations because then I'm, like, I kind of forget, like, what's the running, like, Cap or no cap, guys. Cap or no cap. Oh, my God. Have you seen those? I love those. Those TikTok videos where they, like, see, like, TikTok trends and they, like, cap or no cap them. I have to tell you, though, I can never remember if cap is the fact or or the lie. What does cap mean again? I always get it confused. Sometimes I, I no cap means you're telling the truth. Like no cap. Like I'm not lying. Because you say you could say fact or cap. Because cap is the lie. Cap is the lie. Okay. See, I'm, I'm gonna forget that tomorrow for sure. I have Gen Z. I always forgot. I have I Gen forget Z something. relatives, so I feel I stay in the loop. You know. So they continue to theorize, and Poppy says that perhaps her father was Atlantean and her mother a mortal descendant of Malik and his mistress. And eventually, Kieran like leaves. And immediately, Castiel is taking Poppy's clothes off, and they basically dry hump. And at the end, he tells her, you came so hard that I could feel you through my pants. Cap. (laughs) (laughs) There's no... What are you feeling? Her wetness. That much? Oh, well, no, he undressed her. Yeah, he undressed her. She's naked. Okay, fair, fair, fair. Okay, And she has a wop, okay? Oh, (laughs) Wet ass vagina. She has a wop. She, uh, clearly. You know what? Okay, fine. Fair. For some reason in my head, I thought that she, I know you literally just said he took her clothes off, but in some, in my head, she was like fully clothed. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is well, she, she soaking Well, she was naked, through? but she was like humping his leg and his leg had clothes on. <sighs> I don't know go. how I feel about that. The humping of the leg. It feels very like dog-like. I don't know. <laughs> Am I? I'm sorry. I don't know. I mean, he was also like, you know, like drinking her blood and doing all other erotic stuff upstairs, you know? I guess. Just going out of style. So it was like a lot of stimulation. All right. Good for you, girl. I guess. A lot of clitoral stimulation, too, going there. But then, like, he's going to walk out of there with his pants all, like, slimy. No, he changes. Oh, thank God. I mean, like, spicy peppers, it's weird. I'd give it, like, a two. Yeah, I just, it's a lot. I didn't like this scene at all. It's kind of like, eh. Some of these sex scenes are very misplaced. And I was like, what the fuck? What? Like, is this an appropriate time? When is it ever? I mean, I guess. Book? That's true. That's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Go So, ahead. Karen later returns with his father and one of his old 
school textbooks and they go back to talking about the unseen and apparently the Giram aren't alive and are created from the soil of the gods and do the bidding of the one who created them. Luckily, they are easy to kill and can be killed with literally any puncture wound. And then... Seems like a design flaw. Sorry. Just... Well, they're literally just made of soil. Like, they're soil. I know, but, like, you couldn't have tried a little harder. Like, the gods couldn't have, like, figured something out, you know? But, I don't know. Then once they've served their purpose, whatever holds, like, the soil and magic is burned, and then the gear and, like, disappear. Now we get an info dump of this realm called Land of the Gods, a.k.a. Elysium. And honestly... I did not understand any of this part. Like, no. in this part in the book, I was so confused. So, like, there's, like, different realms. Like, there's the realms of, like, Elysium, and then there's their realm with, like, the humans and stuff. And I, I honestly don't really understand. I just feel like this is really late in the game to be, like, introducing this piece of information, you know? Yeah, I, I really, I, I don't know. Like, this is just really late in the game. Like, I just feel like this probably should have been brought up sooner or like maybe even alluded to sooner it just doesn't make any sense to me and i again i didn't really understand this so Mm -hmm. if i if i'm explaining this wrong i'm sorry yes i'm trying my best please don't hate me so then we get more info about niktos and the millions of different names that jensen had called him like the one who was blessed the bringer of death the asher blah 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 and we learn that niktos has a consort who of course is nameless because why would you name important women why would you give them name? It's a whole Twilight situation. Don't even get me fucking started. You know, like in New Moon, the woman who sacrifices herself, who's nameless. It just like you're telling me. We don't me, remember her you're name. You're telling me that the person who saved your whole tribe has no name. That's so dumb. Disrespectful. Just pick a name, bro. It's disrespectful. Disrespect to everyone. To everyone. To you? No, to everyone. To everyone. Actually, to everyone. So, um, yeah. So he has a nameless consort. But anyways, back to Elysium. So to create a Giram, you need soil from Elysium, which happens to lie beyond the mountains of Nyctos, but this is information that only few know. Convenient. Kind of. Very convenient. And I was like, again, late in the game. Late in the game. When Jasper tells them the location of Elysium, Castile's jaw absolutely drops, and he responds with, are you for real? So cringe. I hate it. I it's hate such it. a bad phrase to be putting in a, like a, fant- like fantasy, a fantasy novel. novel. Listen, we've bitched about this so many times. Like, let's not beat a dead horse. But, like, does that not pull you out of the situation? Like, I can, like, for sure when I was listening to the audiobook, I was like, what the fuck You had this? to pause. You had to pause the recording you say i was like oh my god am i listening did i just hear that correctly am i listening to the spice girls are you for real you know i thought for a second like why why are we like this? i don't know is this for real is this for real are you for real real? Are, are you for real are you for real um but it is extremely hard to travel to elysium because it is well protected by land and sea like the sea is too rough to like travel once a ship gets close to the coast of Elysium and the mountains of Nikos are impossible to cross because of the mist that will suffocate anyone it doesn't recognize as a god. Which begs the question, how did anyone get to Elysium to get soil and make Girams? An excellent question, question in my opinion. But again, only questions, no answers. No answers. Jasper says that there are a few people that know how to bypass the mountains, which includes Castile's parents, Jasper, Alistair Hysa, and that's like the king's commander of the guard, and Wilhelmina. Um, Castile stops Jasper at this point and is like, wait, 
Will Helmina, as in Willa Collins, as in Miss Willa. Willa. Um, Jasper's like, yeah, why? You've never met her before? Because it turns out that Miss Willa is, in fact, an Atlantean of the Changeling bloodline. Willa is also the oldest Changeling, like almost like 2,000 years old, and is one of Atlantia's elders. I feel like, how did he not know this? Like, isn't he literally a fucking prince? Like, shouldn't he? I guess he doesn't meet the elders. Because, no, because they say that the elders haven't reconvened in a very long time. Okay, fair. But, I mean, like, if you, like, grew up as a prince, like, don't you have, like, lessons? Like, prince lessons? I don't know. So many questions. So many questions. No answers. No answers. Been through this. Also, like, how is it that, like, Castile's parents can conveniently cross the mountains? Or that Jasper's parents can conveniently cross the mountains? Why don't you keep going and then you'll find out? Ooh. That's a good point. <laughs> um, so we learned that the elders of Atlantia are a group of Atlanteans that serve as like a council that helps rule alongside the king and queen. And then Jasper tells them how you can get to Ilsium and turns out there is a secret tunnel under the secret mountains. Secret tunnel. Secret tunnel. There's always a secret tunnel. Always. Always. Alone, Poppy and Castile talk about the tunnels and how Kieran, Malik, and Castile used to wander those tunnels all the time, but never knew that they would lead to Elysium. They then discuss Poppy's claim to the throne. Poppy asks Castile what he thinks about being king. Then since he like never wanted to be king before in the first place, Castile says that he never thought he would need to be king and that if he accepted his future that it would be accepting that Malik is, like, lost to them. He's like, listen, if I'm put on the throne, that means, like, my brother is, like, never coming back. While he believes that Malik is still alive, he knows that Malik will not be in the right frame of mind to take the throne when they rescue him, and they don't have time anymore to wait for Malik to recover because his parents have been on the throne for too long, which is causing, like, a lot of unease in Atlantia. Because <sighs> they have that rule. You can only rule I for, know, like, but, like, shouldn't people years? understand, like... It's a different situation. It's, it's like, it's a lot. It's, and and it's, a lot's going on. A lot's going on. And like, I feel like his parents aren't doing a bad job, are they? Maybe they don't like them. I don't know. Maybe. Um, he tells her that he will support whatever decision she makes regarding the crown. But if she doesn't want it, then they can't stay like here anymore. Like they have to skedaddle. So he explains that no other queen could rule with her in Atlantia because it would cause division. Because, you know, they're woven and the other Atlanteans... That would treat her like the queen, even if she isn't on the throne. And there are all also other Atlanteans who will support whoever wears the crown. So mm-hmm. there will be that like divide mm-hmm. in support. And if they don't take the crown, his parents would continue to rule until the crown was challenged. If that happens, then his parents could concede if they thought the challenger was fit to rule. But if more than one person challenges the crown, then the elders would weigh in and there could be trials for the challengers to prove themselves. Oh, fancy. Yeah. Poppy admits that she is afraid of saying yes to being queen because she doesn't know how to be queen and doesn't know if Atlantia has the patience to wait for her to learn. Does anyone really know how to be queen, though? But I mean, like, you take princess lessons, and your princess lessons, you learn how to be queen. I would love to take princess lessons. I'd probably fail them really hard. Nah, you learn them. Well, you like you start them when you're really young. That's true. That's true. If I learned from birth, I'd be fucking fine. You know, like obviously there are certain things you're not gonna know how to do because like you know, you have to actually do them to understand if you're mm-hmm. doing it right. But obviously, like learning the politics, how the country is ruled, like the laws and stuff, she doesn't know any of that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
there. But Castile reassures her that he knows that she'd be a good queen just based on the choices she'd made thus far that show her compassion, courage, and willingness to do what you would ask of your people, like fight. Mm -hmm. He also admits that he's afraid of being king too because he also fears failing the people. He tells her that she doesn't have to decide today, but they don't really have a lot of time. They get interrupted by Delano knocking on the door, saying that there's a man there to see them who says that his daughter had been injured in a carriage accident. Poppy immediately wants to help and runs out of the room to go talk to the man. The man tells her that the healer says that there is nothing to be done for his daughter, but he heard about what Poppy did in Spetz's end and begs her to help. They go to where his daughter is in town, and when they arrive, the healer tells them that the girl will enter the veil soon, but Poppy is insistent on at least trying to help her. Poppy then literally brings the child back to life, and everyone is in awe, and Castile calls her a goddess. I feel like this is a very big precedent to set. Now you've set the precedent that Poppy can like... So she's going to have to bring back everyone back to life. You know Literally, what I mean? Literally though, that's a lot of work. Like I feel like you should, you should have done it in a private moment. Yeah, like maybe like don't tell anyone. Yeah. You know? Like, this, like clear the streets. Like clear the streets. Like hide your kids, hide your wife. Like because now everyone's going to like knock on your palace door. I'm dying. Poppy, please say, You know what I mean? I like, that's a lot of work. It's a lot. It's a lot. A crowd had gathered to watch what was happening, and after seeing what Poppy did, they all, like, kneeled, including Kieran and Castile. Castile then takes Poppy away from the crowds, bringing her to his, like, or not his, like, just a private garden where they are finally alone. Castile tells her um, that he is in awe of what she did, saying that only a god could do that. She tries denying what she did, but they both know that she did just heal the girl. She brought her back to life. I mean, like, why? I don't know why she's trying to deny it, like, she was dead, and now she's she was alive. dead, and now she's alive. And apparently, this is so amazing to Castile that he pins her against the wall and fucks her. Which I just feel like I don't know. Is this a little weird to get turned on? Like he's getting turned on because like she saved a life. No, but I think he's getting turned on that she's a literal goddess. He's like, I would marry a god. Oh, so he's just like excited about the fact that he like married up. Maybe. I hope it's that He's one. He's turned on by how powerful she is. I mean... It's a power trip. Good for you. He's oh, living vicariously through her. You know? And this isn't... Like, doesn't he say, like, a lot in this? He's like, just so you know, I'm in complete control. And I'm just like... Yeah, he keeps saying that he's, like, in complete control. And it's, like, multiple times, like, he says it. And I'm like, okay, stop talking about it then. Like, or lose control. Like, it's up to you. I wonder yeah. what's gonna happen when... Like, that... I want to see when he's not in control. I know. What's it going to look like? It's going to look weird. Is it going to be, like, really messy? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. But I guess spicy peppers. I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, I'd give it, like, a 3.5. 3.5, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. No, no, no. But it wasn't bad. Yeah. I like the wall thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wall thing is good. There was also no leg humping, so I mean... No. Bonus points for that. I guess. Um, afterwards, Castile and Poppy, like, roam the streets of the city. Castile brings her to a museum, and in the museum there are many paintings and drawings of the gods, but one in particular catches Poppy's eye. And this is a kind of important for later. Yeah, so pay attention, everyone. Yeah. Pay attention. Bring it in. Bring it in. It was a charcoal sketch of Nikjos with two large felines resting before him. She asks if they are cave cats because they look like the ones that she saw caged in the castle at Carcedonia. Um, they tell her that that's not possible because cave cats have been extinct for like a long while now. 
they tell her that she probably just saw another large wild cat. They're like, there's no way you saw a cat in Carcedonia. Like, it's just not a possible. cave cat. Yeah, a cave cat in Carcedonia. Whatever the F that is. But... I don't fucking know. It sounds weird, but whatever. Like, it's just like a cat that doesn't like the sunlight. I don't know. Many thoughts. I don't know. Many questions. No answers. Castile also explains that the two felines in the drawing are supposed to represent the actual children of Nikdos. So, Nikdos had kids. Wow. Yes. Yes. They did. And then they drew them as cats. Why? I don't know. Artistic liberty. I guess. So, they continue exploring the city and they end up going to the beach. Fun. Wow. And on the beach, there's like a woven wedding happening and they are invited to crash it. I would never crash a wedding. But if someone like... You know what I mean? Like, if you had a wedding and there was a king and queen and you saw your king and queen just, like, roaming the streets, you wouldn't be like, king and queen, please come. Oh, yeah, of course. Like, if, you know, if a celebrity was staying in the hotel of the wedding and you just, Oh, I told please them. come. Okay, fun fact. So, I'm getting married at a hotel. Well, not this year, but whatever. Anyways, I digress. I'm getting married in a hotel in Toronto. And at the time, I was getting married around the Toronto International Film Festival. I still am getting married around TIFF. But I don't know if TIFF's even happening. And I'm also uh, not getting married. I think at the- it is. Yeah. So they were like, oh, yeah, like, celebrities stay at the hotel, like, da-da-da-da. And I was like, send them a fucking invite. And I'm like, if, like, hello, like, if Sandra Bullock is staying upstairs, send her an invitation. Bring her to the wedding. I love Sandra Bullock. Like, but that's, but that's essentially what's happened here. True. Fair. I'm just saying, like, they're not nobodies that are are crashing I'm just saying, like, me as a regular person. Oh, I think it's totally disrespectful. I would never crash a wedding. At all. No. And I would hope no one would crash mine unless you're famous. But That's sorry. the only option. That's the only option. I'm sorry. So apparently at these kinds of celebration, only Woven are allowed to dance around the fire. But Delano asked Poppy to dance because she is their Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. That. Eventually, Castile gets jealous and cuts in and starts taking her away from the fire. The party starts to wind down and people start retreating to these like canopy tents and Poppy and Castile are sitting and people watching, essentially, when Poppy spots Kieran getting a blowjob from a woven named Laura, Lyra. This is a lot for a wedding. At a wedding? Well, it doesn't end there. Poppy then sees a threesome going on in a tent near them. Scandalous. So, I mean, the woven are very into, like, public displays of affection and find no shame in it. I mean... Sex so, positive. <laughs> yeah, so she was just seeing a lot of things she hasn't seen before. Yeah, yeah. Castile then starts fingering her as they continue to watch the threesome. <laughs> so they're like, you know, having sex while watching porn, essentially. <laughs> Poppy asks Castile if he's had a threesome before, and he says that he has, but not with Shay. Mm-hmm. He explains, while continuing to finger her, mind you, um, that his relationship with Shay was never one of like raw need, and he believes that you need that hunger to want to explore those kinds of things with someone. He tells her that he never felt what he felt for Poppy with Shay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Poppy asks him if he wants to have a threesome with her, and he says that he wants to do everything with her, but that he only needs her and only her. It's setting up the joining so hard, but it's just like dangling a carrot. You I know. know. Just let it happen, please. Yeah. Truly. So after she comes, she decides that she wants to go somewhere more private. Um, So Castile takes her to an area on the beach with like lots of trees. And then Poppy gets on her knees and gives him a blowjob for the first time. Hey, congratulations. She takes what she just saw. 
um, with Kieran and Lyra and what she learned from Willa's diary. And she gives him a blowjob. And she applies the knowledge. Yes. Honestly, this was good. I enjoyed this part. Um, at first I was like, ooh, they didn't ask if they could watch people. But, like, clearly, like... I mean, if you're no doing one... it so openly, though, you're kind of expecting people to watch, right? Yeah, I feel like it was just one of those things, like, that's just what happens at those, like, weddings and shit like that. So I was like, okay, like, that's fine. Honestly, I thought this was good. I'd give it a four. Honestly, I might even give him an extra point five for the blowjob. Good job. Congratulations on your first blowjob experience. And she feels very empowered by the con- control yeah. of the bl- giving the blowjob. Why not? Good for you. Four. I'll give it a four. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next morning, Poppy and Castile are lying in bed talking about how she saved that girl. Still, <laughs> Poppy is kind of a I mean, it was kind of a big deal. <laughs> okay, fair. I guess when you put it like that, <laughs> that's true. Like, I mean, it's not something you just forget happened. Remember that time I saved someone's life? Literally. <laughs> Literally. Um, Poppy is kind of afraid of her ability because even though she knows it wasn't this girl's time to go, what if she interferes when it is someone's time? She's like, ooh, I can't play, like a god essentially but then how do you know when it's someone's time so like there's a lot of like you know fucking hypothesizing and like asking really philosophical questions castile reassures her um and says that all she can do is what feels right and it felt right to save the girl but maybe next time it won't feel right and she'll let the next person die (laughs) oh my god i mean when you put it that way it doesn't sound that great it's true though that's essentially like she can't just be going around like resurrecting no i completely like she has things to do i know she's got shit to do like she can't be walking down the street and being like miss can you it's just like a very lofty um it's just a very lofty gift and i just wonder how it's going to be like utilized throughout the rest of the series because i feel like it's a big gift and i feel like if this gift like just randomly disappears or we never hear about it again i'd be like like, let's say there's a situation where like castile is dying Let's just say hypothetically. Hypothetically. Because it could happen. Yeah. Good. And then all of a sudden she can't resurrect him. I'd be like, what? I'd be like, no, 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 bitch. That is wrong and I don't approve. <laughs> I stop reading. Right and here. I blacklist all of the rest of these novels. Will not. Will not continue. Will not endorse. Exactly. So don't do that, please. Exactly. If you're listening, which you probably aren't. No. So probably not. They finally get out of bed and get ready to see the king and queen. But before they leave, they meet with Kira, who is Kieran's mom, who is currently, like, pregnant. Kira makes a comment about how the deal with Jasper is that she births the babies while Jasper cleans them. And Castile says that he'll have to remember that. And this is when Poppy absolutely fucking loses her mind thinking about having babies with Castile, but quickly snaps out of it when everyone starts staring at her because she looks, like, faint. She kind of, like, sh- like short-circuited a bit. Yeah, right? she, like, blacked out for a second. She's yeah. like, babies with Castile? I forget, in this part, is she, like, excited about it? Or is she more like, I'm not ready for children? Or I think a little it's bit like, of both? It's, it's, not, it's almost neither because she hasn't even thought about it. Oh, this is, like, literally just the first time someone, like, yeah. that even, like, Because the last time she brought it up, when she asked him, like, if he was taking precautions, he was, he was like... I would, I, I would never risk that. And so she, d- she was like, remember, she was insulted. She was like, oh, he doesn't want to have my baby. Right, 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 right. But like, yes, it wasn't does. that. Like, chill. That's not what yeah, he meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, that's the last time they brought up babies. So true, it's been true, a while. Um, Poppy then thanks Kira for the clothes and letting her like stay there. Kira is super kind and welcoming. And she tells Poppy that she knows that once Castiel's parents get past the shock of everything that has happened, they will accept Poppy just as warmly and openly as she has. Castiel and Poppy then head out to go see his parents. Um, they take a less busy path to get to the estate that his parents are waiting at, 
but they encounter some people on the way um and a little girl even like runs out and hugs one of like the woven guarding them they arrive at Cove Palace and the white banners on the walls catch Poppy's eye. In the center of each banner, there's like an emblem, like embossed in gold, shaped like the sun, and it's rays. And the center of the sun has a sword lying diagonally atop an arrow, but the sword was longer and more prominent than the arrow. So the arrow is kind of like dinky, you know? She asks Castile about it, and he explains that the crest can change with each ruler so long as the three symbols are used, like the sun the sword and the arrow. The current crest was the one chosen by King Malik with the sun representing Atlantia, the sword Malik, and the arrow Eloana. Um, the sword is more prominent because Malik was stronger than Eloana. Kieran says that when Poppy rules, people will expect the arrow to be more prominent since she's more powerful than Castile. But she says that if she takes the crown, the arrow and the sword will be equal because she is a fucking feminist. And we strive for equality. Thank Boom. you for coming. To my TED talk. So they enter the room where Castiel's parents are waiting, and his mother immediately like gives Castiel a big hug. He then formally introduces Poppy to his mother since last time they met, it was in less than ideal circumstances. Mm-hmm. And they then immediately get into it with Eloana bringing up how Castiel ascended Poppy. She chastises Castiel, saying, like, what if Poppy had ascended into a vampire, but Poppy doesn't want to have this conversation again because she already hashes out with the dad. So she tries to end it by saying that it's rather pointless to continue to talk about what could have happened when it did not. But his mother counters saying that it is only over if what was done remains between those who were there because if others were to find out, they might just see Poppy as no different than the ascended but poppy is like well everyone that saw it is either loyal to me or castile or both of us and it's obvious that i'm not a vampire you know because they have no fangs and i can walk in the sun so yeah to check check so there you go kind of end of story castile tells his mom that this conversation is also offensive considering their people attacked poppy his mother replies saying that they had no knowledge of alistair's plans he had told them about Poppy and what she could do, and they knew what that meant, and that no average mortal with Atlantean blood could have her abilities. Eloana knew what Poppy was from the minute she saw her and what that meant for the crown. Poppy reminds her that when she first saw her, she spoke as if Castile had brought back a curse to the kingdom. I know, didn't she say, like, what have you brought? What have you brought here? What have you done? Fucking relax, bro. Like, in front of her, you're gonna say that? At least say it behind her back when she's not there. Uh, right? She also, um, Poppy also recounts, like, her side of what happened in Spessa's end. Eloana then apologizes for everything that has happened to Poppy and how she reacted initially. She also thanks Poppy for saving the child who was injured in the carriage accident. See, everyone knows. Yeah, like, everyone word knows. spreads like wildfire. Mm-hmm. The king asks if she always had these abilities, and she says no, explaining that her abilities have been starting to change before she ascended. Castile figures that it has to do with the calling, but his father says that he doesn't know of any half-Atlanteans that go through the calling, but also he doesn't know any half-Atlanteans who are descended from the gods that are alive today. Why can't they just accept the fact that Poppy is a little special snowflake and that the rules don't apply to her? Like, everyone is always... I think they're trying to rationalize what she is because they don't know. Just say you don't know, babe. 
Honestly, I would prefer they say, I actually have no response for you. I don't know what you are. I don't know who you're related to. We're going to figure it out as we go along. We'll figure out. I would rather that than the million speculations. Because there's just so many speculations. It's too confusing. And it just gets confusing for me because I'm I'm like, I don't understand who, who do I trust? I don't know. No one. The queen explains that deities did create children with either Atlanteans or mortals before, but it didn't happen often. And when it did happen... The ether of the deity manifested in the child in some way. And the children born from a mortal and a deity were also mortal. Oh my god. So it just took a lot of information dumped. And honestly, I need like I a really, fucking chart. I draw me a picture. Like I'm, I needed I'm, I'm I needed one learner. of those like whiteboard like things with like the lines. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm a visual Deity learner. plus mortal equals this. Deity no, plus deity equals that. Like I needed one of those. Like it's yeah i'm confused okay. but also those who had the blood of the gods were often warriors so most of them died in the war or were taken captive by the ascended once they realized the blood they carried but the king says that not even the children of a deity and an atlantean would have the abilities that poppy has they ask about poppy's parents and brother but truth be told they all speculate that at this point that her parents and her brother aren't actually related to her i feel like that's all. the most plausible at this point i think so the queen says that Poppy also shares similar abilities with Malik and that she even looks like him. And then she drops the bomb that Malik had to have been Poppy's father. And I'm like, the math of that makes no sense. But I was okay. like, how the fuck did she get from that? Like, we were doing two plus two. This bitch yanked out function. algebra yeah, over like, here. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, girl's doing, like, trigonometry. I'm doing bed mass and she's doing freaking, like... Literally. I was like... <laughs> So two plus two, so multiplication and division in the order they occur. <laughs> like, my, and meanwhile, she's doing like limitations and fuck. Honestly, I do not know how she like jumped to that conclusion. Like she I don't know. seems like that, that was cliff, that was far. Truly, the king explains that for Poppy to have her abilities, she would have to be a child of a deity, and also there was no way she was ever mortal. So again, we get lots more speculation, lots more notes on the whiteboard. Then Castile asks his parents if they had known about Poppy before and what. Alistair had taken part of like that night in Loxwood the queen admits that they knew that Alistair had found what he believed to be Malik's descendant but they didn't know anything else about her or her family they only found out that he killed her parents and left Poppy to die after the fact Castile is outraged and asked how they could stay friends with Alistair after learning what he'd done they explained that um, they thought he was acting in Atlantia's best interest as Malik was gone. And since Castile showed no interest in taking the crown, a descendant of Malik, like the original Malik raised among the ascended would have been able to claim the throne. Just pause for a sec. Moving forward, Malik and Malik are going to be talked about a lot. In yeah, season. I'm so, so shall sorry. we? Shall we? Let's make a distinction. I have no idea if they're actually pronounced differently, but let's they're say, not. let's say Malik, Malik, say Malik. Like Malik? No, no, Malik. Like you're looking. Like Mal- Malik. Malik. Because in in my head when I was reading it, it was no, no, Malik no. and Malik. Or you can just put a different emphasis on the parts. So you can say Malik or Malik. Is that not good enough for you? You see what I'm saying? Like you're emphasizing the lick part for Castile's brother, and you're Malik. 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 And then for the king, previous king, you're saying Malik. Okay, fine. See what I'm saying? Okay, okay. You think you could go with that? Yeah, fuck it. Let's try it. Why not? Okay, great. Okay, great. Um, Starting that now, because it's going to get real confusing or else. (laughs) So I'm going to read that part again to practice the skill, you know? So they explained that they thought he was acting in Atlantia's best interest interest as Malik, 
was gone. And since Castile showed no interest in taking the crown, a descendant of Malik raised among the ascended would have been able to claim the throne. So yeah, I think that works. Okay, okay, let's fine. Go let's that. go with it. Fuck but it. also, side note, on this note, I want to just remind everybody yes. that Poppy, therefore, was a literal child... While Castile was a full adult, which is kind of gross when you think about well, it. Well, I know, but this is all those books, right? Of like the 19-year-old falling in love with the 500-year-old fairy. I know. And we just ignore it. We just ignore it. I'll admit it. I ignore it. Meanwhile, I complain. It's easier to swallow if they haven't met when they're ki- when she's a child. You know what I mean? That's true. Like if, if this 500-year-old fairy has met the infant, it's kind of weird. That's weird. Yeah. But if they've never, he never, because in this case, Castile had never seen Poppy when she was a baby. Like, he only met her when she was, like, 18. Yeah. So I, I can I can forget it. However, had they met when she was, like, six, it would be hard for me to digest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It just reminds me of um, Remus and Tonks from Harry Potter. There's a big age gap. Huge age gap. Well, I mean. And, like, Remus, like, she was a literal child. Like, when they met. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I, no, no. Let's, let's no. Just, we're gonna skip it's over no. this. We're gonna skip let's over this. Let's forget it. I forget I brought it up. Grin and bear it. Grin and bear it. Castile is disgusted with his parents and vows that when he is king, he will never take part in harming or killing a child or allow any of his people to. Something then occurs to Kieran. He has like a light bulb moment, and he asks how Malik could possibly be Poppy's father since everyone assumed that he's not alive and hasn't been for centuries. This is where things get fucking confusing. Eloana says that it is p- impossible that Malik had a child 19 years ago, and now everyone is confused. I am also confused, and like, I don't understand. Much confusion. I was like, wasn't Eloana the fucking one that said, anyways. She explains that when her marriage to Malik was annulled, he disappeared, and she didn't find him again until after she married Valen, and the War of Two Kings ended. After she tracked him down, she entombed him since it's very difficult to simply just, like, kill a deity. Like, you can't just, like, stab them. Um, And this all happened, like, 400 years ago. It would have taken, like, half of that time for him to become weak enough to die. But essentially, he would have been dead by the time Poppy was born. So everyone is like, dot, dot, dot. So how is he Poppy's father? Like, again, much confusion. And she was the one who fucking brought up the... Anyways. Um, I'm just getting It's like, so this is my theory, but also, this is how my theory is wrong. She's doing, like, the limitations of her research paper, yeah. you know? She's like, this is my hypothesis. This is but, my null hypothesis. But also, I can't control for all the variables, so, like, my bad, you know? Um, but there are no other deities alive because Malik killed the last of them, and no other deity could bring something back to life, only those with the blood of Niktos. Malik was Niktos' grandchild, which would make Poppy his great-grandchild. Eloana tells them that Malik was entombed in the blood forest outside of Macedonia. So they think that Ileana or Jalara learned where Malik was entombed and probably raised him, which would have taken a lot of Atlantean blood to bring him into any state of consciousness at that point. But even then, he probably would never fully recover from what happened. They believe that when Castile ascended Poppy, that it unlocked something in Poppy. And the trees of, like, Ios changed from, like, gold to red to signify that a deity was now in line for the throne. They also suspect that whoever Poppy's mother was had to be of elemental descent and would have had to be nearly as old as Malik. See, and again, this is what I hate about this whole book. It's a lot of speculation, and I feel like it's and a like, million different versions like, of what people think happened to Poppy. But you just, you know, it just gets tiresome. I'm kind of like, I don't understand anymore. There's this and like, theory, what is this and then this founded theory. In? It like, almost what? sounds like, you know, everyone read the book. And everyone is theorizing who's par- who's like the parents of Poppy. 
I know. And then, like, I don't, it's just. It's the, like, we read the book. All the readers read the book. And we're like, okay, so who's Poppy's parents? Could be this. Could be this. Could be this. And, she and then like, you read yes, the book. Yes, let me write and this And then in. you read the book and you don't find out. Exactly. I was just very confused. Um, the implication of this would mean that perhaps Poppy's mom was held captive and forced into pregnancy with Malik, which is weird on so many levels. Number one, being forced into pregnancy. Number two, the fact that Malik was probably loopy as fuck when this was happening. So, like, if this is what happened, how is he even willingly participating? It's just a mess for consent everywhere. Again, and this is it's just speculation. Exactly. And it's a very not good one. Speculation. Um, so it is essentially determined that Poppy is a deity. Like, that's... That's just the fact. That's the bottom line. Like, that's line. the only thing that they know to be a fact. Yes. Poppy is a deity. Poppy then asks if deities need blood, but the king confirms that deities don't need to feed as far as, like, they know. The queen then asks Poppy if she will go on a walk alone with her. Um, once they're alone, Eloana tells Poppy that she had heard of her before when she was known as the Maiden, but they didn't pay much attention to her because they thought it was, like, another ploy created by the Ascended. The queen asks about where Poppy grew up, and Poppy admits that she spent many years with Queen Ileana, to which Queen Eloana calls her the Queen of Blood and Ash. Okay, here's my thing. This is so Game of Thrones with the names that literally look and sound the same. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It makes sense, though, for, like, maybe, like, a little bit of a fantasy period piece like this because, like, a lot of people's names names were the same. But in terms of, like, convenience for readers, like... This must be terrible in an audiobook, too. It, it was it was a little confusing. The, what threw me off the most, I'm going to be honest with you, it wasn't um, Ileana or Eloana. It, it was, was the, the fact Malik that, and the Malik? No, it's just Malik. They're both just Malik. But now you know. Malik. Malik. In Malik. our episodes, Malik is brother. Yeah. Malik. He's just king. Yeah. Old exactly. king. So Poppy is confused by this. As per usual. Um, and the queen explains that when the blood crown began, they called themselves the king and queen of blood and ash. But the Atlanteans then took this title and turned it into something else, um, you know, from blood and ash, mm-hmm. meaning that from the blood of those who have fallen at the hands of the ascended and from the ash of all they have destroyed, Atlantia will rise again. Poppy says that all of this information has been a lot to process and says that despite her parentage, she is not the sum of the blood that courses through her veins. Honestly? Yes. It's true. Point. The queen tells her that Malik wasn't a bad man and wasn't a bad ruler either, but eventually she noticed that something began to change in him. He was no longer satisfied with her and their life, and eventually his generosity and kindness started to fade. But at the end of the day, he wasn't a monster, just a man who became lost and was no longer fit to rule. Go see a therapist. For real. Go see a therapist. That's all I gotta say. Poppy asks if Castile is fit to rule, given that he did exactly what Malik did by ascending her. But the queen believes that if Poppy had ascended into a vampire, that Castile wouldn't have attempted to take the throne and instead would have taken her and left. They then talk about Poppy and Castile's plan to find Malik. Poppy explains that Castile had originally planned to use her as a bargaining chip when he took her to free Malik, and that is why they initially agreed to marry, because she also needed to find her brother and see what happened to him, and she knew that she would have a better chance of that with Castile's help. Yeah. The queen asks her what she thinks she'll find when she sees her brother, and Poppy says that she hopes to find him as she remembers him, but if he's been ascended, she knows that it would kill whatever part of who he is that remains inside him, and if that is the case, then she will give him peace. AKA, kill him. She gonna kill him. 
Yeah. Because she hasn't seen her brother at all since he, like, ascended. Like, she has no idea what he's like. No. Like, other than, like, a few, like, letters that right. were sent. She tells the queen that while their plan is the same, they are no longer pretending to be in love to accomplish it. They really are in love and would do anything for each other. It's not a phase, mom. The queen asks her if she truly has forgiven his betrayal, and Poppy says that understanding and acceptance is more important than forgiveness, and that she has accepted what happened and has moved on. Poppy admits that she believes that Malik is still alive, but doesn't know what kind of state he will be in, and the queen admits that if they've had him alive for this long, that it would almost be better if he were dead, as horrible as that sounds. It's like a mercy thing, you know? Yeah. Poppy reassures her that she doesn't think wishing that any loved one was at peace is wrong. Mm -hmm. The queen then asks her how they plan to achieve this goal, and Poppy explains their ultimatum. Either they accept their demands or there will be war. Which, honestly, for how much they're asking for, I don't really know how they thought they wouldn't go to war. Yeah, like, did they think they were going to, like, slide up into, like, the They literally are asking, Kate, I want you to step down from being king and queen. I want you to give us all the land back, and I want all they send us to stop drinking people's blood. Yes, I accept your demands. You know what? I will not go to war. You drive a hard bargain, but okay. And you know what? We'll even toss in some gold for you. Like it's, it's not like these. It's not like they're talking to people who want to prevent war to save their people. Yeah, like they're because clearly the king and like, queen, like the other king and queen, do not care about their people. They're, they're literally drinking their blood. They're they killing. They're killing babies. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't understand like the thought process, but like okay. you can't bargain with people who kill babies. Yeah, you don't negotiate with people like that. You know, it's maybe swing sword first ask questions later poppy being alive and married to the prince of atlantia is proof of the lies the blood crown has created to stay in power like the whole thing how an atlantean kiss is a curse that creates the craven blah 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 so they think that they have some leverage because they're like do give us what we want or you know war and we'll expose all your secrets we'll, and all your we'll, people will rebel we'll go outside and kiss each other like yeah like they think they have kind of i mean which is true but like i just don't think that the, that they're gonna care yeah, and, like, you don't know how indoctrinated the people are. Like, it's really hard to believe something when you've grown up your whole life, like, thinking one thing, you know? Like, are they expecting the people to be like, oh, they're right. They were lying to us. And then just, like, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. And I'm just like, mm, okay, yeah, I guess. If that's what you... Like, all right. If that's what you're gonna think. So... The queen then tells Poppy that there is another reason why she wanted to speak to her alone. She tells Poppy that the king wants to go to war with the Ascended, and many of the lords and ladies of Atlantia, as well as the Council of Elder, want the same. While Castile has been away, they have been training their armies, and they have moved a sizable unit to the northern foothills of the Scotus Mountains. And if they go to war, they will go after every Ascended, and all will be killed. Do they really think they can win, though? I feel like they don't have as That's many people. That's what it sounds like. Well, it sounds like they think they're going to win. Hmm. Interesting. But I don't even think it's a question of, like, numbers now. Because the other side's got some things up their sleeve. That's true. Like, they've got, like, a bunch of shit, you know? We should find out later. Exactly. Well, I don't know. Let's keep going on. Poppy says that she wants to see the blood crown destroyed, but her and Castile don't want an all-out war because it is the innocent that will suffer the most. Obviously, in every war situation, that is exactly who suffers the most, the innocent people who are, like, bystanders and didn't want any of this. Um, the queen asks her what will happen if their ultimatum fails, and Poppy explains that then they will have to go to war, but at least they did their best to prevent it. Sure, whatever helps you sleep at night. 
The queen tells her that it has already been decided that Atlantia will go to war and only the king and queen could stop war from happening. Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We all know what that means. Poppy is confused, though, and is like, then stop it from happening. But then Poppy realizes what the queen is saying. Her generation wants retribution from the last war and wouldn't give the Ascended the chance to negotiate. And neither she nor the king um, could do that again, but Castile and Poppy could. So basically, the queen is telling her, like, if my husband and I stay on the throne, like, it's war bad news bear. War will happen yeah. regardless. But if you and Castile take the throne, there's a chance that, like... You could stop the war. You could stop the war from yeah. happening. The queen also admits that a different kind of war is brewing within Atlantia as well against those that believe that Poppy is the rightful queen versus those who are loyal to Elowana. Um, the queen tells Poppy that just from this conversation that she believes Poppy is fit to rule. I feel like the queen could really squash a lot of this by just like going in front of the people and being like, guys, call me a tits. She's the queen. Thank you. Like, maybe. This seems just like a lot of non-issues. But I, but I mean, she's not going to say that until Poppy that's wants true, to That's true, that's true. Because she hasn't really said anything, right? Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Um, the queen tells Poppy that, yeah, just from his conversation, she believes Poppy is fit to rule. Then the queen is super blunt and says, I can imagine that your need for freedom and to have control over your life is as great as the need many have for retribution, but I honestly don't care. <laughs> Yikes. Like, I was like, damn. Like, I get it, but I don't care. She's like, I understand that you have, like, Like, I hear freedoms. you. Like, I hear what you're saying, but I don't care. I don't give one flying fuck. Um, the queen just wants to go on vacation. Like, she's like, I'm done with this gig. She's like, like, it's been 400 years. Get me the fuck out of Dodge. enough. Exactly. She tells Poppy that she can wear the weight of the crown, but if she does decide to take it, then she asks that Poppy do it for the right reason. She's like, you, you have to do it because, like, you want it. The queen explains that she doesn't want Poppy to take the crown just to find Malik and Ian or just to save lives or stop the Ascendant. She wants Poppy to take the crown because she loves Atlantia and the people. But she admits that Poppy does not have much time before she has to make her choice. Days, maybe a week at most. Like, she's got to, like, make a snip-snap decision. Essentially, the plans to enter Solus with their armies will happen in a few days unless Poppy and Castiel stop it. The Queen suggests that Poppy leave for Evamon. Which is, like, Evamon. Evamon. Sure. It's the capital of Atlantia. Yes, Evamon. Today, allowing her to take... um, as many days as they have left to explore what she can of Atlantia and get to know the people. Before Poppy can answer, they are interrupted by Castile and the king, accompanied by Veneta, who announces that a convoy of the Ascended has arrived at Spess's end, requesting an audience, and the convoy claims to be Poppy's brother, Ian. Whoa. Shocking. And now we get to finally meet... Speak of the devil. Ian, who honestly, I kind of forget exists half the time. All the time. I literally forget he exists all the time. Like, I'm just like, who? Oh, yeah, her brother. Oh, that's right. She has the brother. She has someone. That's right. So, Vanetta confirms that Ian was ascended because Wolven can, like, sense the vampire. And Poppy starts losing it. And the anger growing inside her causes her, like, skin to glow. And this anger is calling the Wolven who are reacting to her rage. Castiel tells her to breathe, and eventually she calms down, but everyone's like, oh my god, the woman were literally about to attack for you. Yeah, exactly. Vanetta tells him that Ian is waiting there with a group of about 
a hundred soldiers with like royal knights among them. Apparently Ian has a message from the blood crown and will speak only to his sister and that he had come there to prevent a war. Mm. Poppy announces that they have to go to Spence's end, but the king and queen protest. But nothing can sway Poppy and Castile says that they will leave immediately. Poppy knows that she couldn't do what the queen asked of her if she remained because her brother is more important than a crown. So Castile's parents would return to the capital and Castile and Poppy would join them there once they returned from Spess's end. They quickly pack while Poppy tells Castile what his mother discussed with her and how they would have to take the throne if they wanted to stop the imminent war. Exactly. Um, they make their way to Spess's end and thankfully this part of the book is like really short. Like they don't like do the long grueling journey process like in detail. They're just like, and they're at Spess's end. For once. Jesus. I was like, thank God. Um, when they arrive, they all rest. Alone, Poppy and Castile talk about the impending meeting with Ian. Castile says that they shouldn't let Ian know that her gifts have changed because the less they know about them, the better. Castile tells her that it might be a trap, but Poppy says that she understands the risks, but she doesn't care because it's her brother. Castile says that he's afraid of what will happen when she sees Ian and, like, potentially no longer recognizes him and he fears that the knowledge um that her brother is like truly gone like will do to her he's like i think he's like scared she's gonna snap yes and like kind of reveal all their cards yeah. basically um he asks her if she is ready to do what she believes is necessary when she sees him but poppy reassures him that she can handle this no matter what happens castile tells her that he knows what it feels like to kill someone you once loved and does not want her to bear that pain and she tells him that that is one of the reasons um, that she loves him. And then they start making out, um, which turns into sex. And, like, this is, like, the one where, like, Castile is like, do you know what I'm craving? Dot, dot, dot. Honeydew. And, like, he eats her out. And then is this the first time she, like, rides him? No. But, I don't like, think so. It's, I don't know, maybe she hasn't done it a lot because, like, my man is, like, losing his shit over, like, her being on top. And, like, she says this, like, I don't know. I read this line. I was like, why are you like this? Um, she goes, I love, I just love doing it with you. I'm like, can we just call it sex? Or like, why do we have to call it it? Like doing it. Like, are we 15? Maybe. I'm nitpicking. She's just new at sex. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Fair, fair. I know. I've been sex like, for like three days. <laughs> we'll be doing this for two fucking days. I know. I get it. Okay, fine. Fair, fair. And I mean, she's technically almost 15. Like she's only 18 years old. That's pretty close to 15. Oh Think about God, it. Right. You're right. She's not even 19 years old. Never mind. I rescind all my comments. She's totally fine Just to say doing it. Something to think of. Something to think Something to digest, you know? All right. Fair enough. Spicy peppers. Meh. This was also the one where, like, mid-sex, he's like, promise me. Promise me with Ian. Like, blah, 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 blah. And he does, like, a lot of that. Yeah. He, like, makes her promise that um, if Ian is what she fears... And giving him peace is, like, something that she can't do safely. That she'll, like, wait until it's safe. Like, she won't just, like, kill him. Yeah. And then, you know, the hundred soldiers just descend and everyone, like, dies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. While they're having sex. Exactly. And I'm like, she can't control, like, she can't think right, right now. Exactly. And you're asking her to promise something. It's like, like, is her answer really, like, real? Right I know, because, like, you can't, like, manip- you can't, like... I'd just be like, shut up. Yes, shut up right now. Like, finish what you're doing. Like, focus. Like, yeah, like, like, focus. like, you're downstairs. Please, keep, keep going. 
Yeah. So yeah, he tells her he's been craving honeydew. He tells her that he could spend an eternity on his knees before her. And then he starts eating her out. Poppy takes control, makes him stand, pushes him onto the bed, starts riding him. During sex, he makes her promise that if Ian is what she fears and giving a piece of something she can't do safely, that she will like wait until it's safe, blah, blah, blah. Then he flips her on her stomach and takes her from behind and she asks him to go harder. Yeah, so that's the sex scene. Um, that's the sex scene. I thought I was, was, yeah, I thought this was like a four. Yeah, it was a yeah, four. It was like was, a solid four. This one was four. Better, yeah. yeah. This, this shit's got to get like way more kinky and like weird if I'm going to start giving things like a five, you know? I feel like I've seen it all from then. Yeah, and there's just certain parts of like their sex life that are just like not interesting. Well, to the me. blood. Yeah, like the whole like drinking the blood off of her tit. Like it's just not really <laughs> like, not a thing for me. Like I could do without. Yeah, give me a threesome though. Yeah, I'll read that. Um, once night falls, they get ready and leave their rooms, and Benetta finds them and tells them that the ascended have arrived. So they go out to meet Ian, who was accompanied by, like, literally only four guards. He left the rest of the army at home, I guess. Ian steps out of the carriage, and when Poppy sees him, it is obvious that he has ascended, as his once hazel eyes are now pitch black. Sad times. Poppy introduces Castile to Ian as her husband, and Ian is like, if this is a joke... But Castile cuts him off, saying that his wife is there of her own free will. Ian is hesitant, asking Poppy how he is supposed to believe that she willingly married the man responsible for their parents' death. But Poppy counters, saying that they both know that Castile had nothing to do with it. Ian says that he can only imagine what she has been told that led her to stand beside their enemy, but Poppy is not having any of it, saying that she knows the truth about the Ascended and the Blood Crown and what they planned to use her for, so enough with the pretending. Ian says that he wants to speak to Poppy alone, but she refuses. And she sees, like, the inhumane like coldness in his features and it makes her want to cry she tells him that the ian she knew would be horrified to know that children are murdered also the ascended can feed but he tells her that he is ascended now too sad times poppy asks about tawny and he says that both tawny and malik are safe and well taken care of but poppy doesn't believe that he tells them that the message he has to relay is that the true queen true queen the true sure queen. has requested sure a meeting queen. with the prince and princess of atlantia in a fortnight at the royal seat in oak ambler is a fortnight two weeks i think it's 14 days i love that i don't know why i love when people say in a fortnight i love that or is it a week i thought it was 14 days no it's 14 days yeah all right excellent i'm gonna start using that Fortnight. So what would be a what's the what's the term for one week? A fort? I will see you in a fort. <laughs> Stop. We'll see you in and then I'll see you in a night. I will see you in a night. I want to know more like vague terms for time. I think that's what that is. I think that's like those were how they spoke of time like in the olden days, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know the like bi-weekly debate? Does bi-weekly mean, like, twice in one week or every two weeks? Bi-weekly is every two weeks. I know it does, but sometimes I, like, I doubt myself and I'm like, does it mean twice every week? Bi-weekly is every two weeks. I know, but it sounds like it should be twice in one week. Like, bi-weekly. It happens two times every week. Bi-weekly. I mean, I see what you're saying. It just really confuses me. Like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes when I write reports and I write, like, oh, therapy is, like, recommended bi-weekly, I'm like... You have to say twice weekly or because bi-weekly means every two every weeks. Every two weeks. Okay, fair. Fair, 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 fair. 
Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> the queen extends this offer with promise that no harm will come to either of them in hopes that they leave their armies that they have gathered in the north. Castile and Poppy are shocked that Ian knows about the armies, which clearly means that Alistair has talked. He sucks. He's, he's causing so many problems that he's fucking dead. Honestly. Ian warns them that if they come to the meeting with ill will, they will be destroyed along with Atlantia and Spetz's end. This is so dramatic. Like, like so, like, fighting words, man. If you come with ill will, I will kill you. I will fucking kill, like, oh my kill god. Kill you, your parents, your mother, everyone you love, everyone your dog too. Your dog. Ian tells them that they could have a million soldiers, but that would not defeat what the queen has created. He calls them the revenants and says they are not ascended, mortal, or Atlantean, but are something far more unique. I cannot take in any more information. Whatever that I'm means. done. I'm at my limit. When I read this, like, I was let's start, like, let's start, let's start resolving. Let's, let's enough like, information, more re- resolution, more loose ends. Like, have we reached oh. the climax yet? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't. Think I, so. At this point in the book, I really didn't know, and this is the part that really dragged on for me. I was like, what is going on? The middle on? part, yeah. Like, are we at the exciting part? Like, I don't know. No, not yet. He then says that he has to leave now, but wishes to give Poppy a parting hug before he leaves. Poppy <laughs> realizes that this would be the perfect opportunity to give him peace, aka kill him, but thinks better of it because what if the Blood Crown took that as an act of war? Oh, uh, they 100% would. But she still decides to hug him anyways, because she loves him. Mm-hmm. And when she goes in for the hug, he whispers, Poppy, listen to me. I know the truth. Wake Niktos. Only his guards can stop the blood crown. And that's it for today. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I was like, who the fuck are his guards? Honestly, this part just added more questions, resolved zero things. Thank you so much. This entire section of the book was an entire speculation. You got a bunch of fan theories written into a novel. Honestly, like, no hate to Jennifer L. Armentrout because, like, I'm going to purchase these books and support you financially regardless of whether or not I make fun of them on this podcast. But I literally feel like she, like, trolled, like, Twitter and, like, Instagram and the Facebook group. And she's like, all right, like, reading everyone's theories about things. And she's Ooh, like, yeah, I like that fuck one. it. We're putting it in the book. Let's try like, that one. Let's just yeah, try exactly, that one. Exactly. Try it out. Whatever. No hate. She's richer than I am. So oh. Yeah. Clearly, she's winning at life. But that's where we leave you. Next time, we will do... Part three, we will not be gone Eh. so long. Part three and final part. Part three and final part. And then we are fucking leaving this series until the inevitable next book comes out. Which, I mean, I don't think it's going to take that long. I think it's like in 20, like early 2020. She's like speeding through these. Yeah. But I'm just, you know, like I'll be glad to just part with this one for a bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, me too. I need to, well, I've had space for it because I've just like absolutely read anything I could get my hands on to like maybe like wash away this book a little bit. I need something to wash away the pain. Actually, that'll just give you more pain, but like a different kind. I really want to read Gods and Monsters, but was Why'd you do it? I mean, I skimmed it. I already know what happens. Obviously, me too. Because like that's what you have to do. Like I don't. I read all the sex. Scenes. I have problem. Oh yeah. Honestly, same. the sex scenes are like an improvement. I will say. Pretty good. Pretty good. It well, she did say it was spicier, right? And I will. I will agree that it mm-hmm, was. Mm-hmm. I will. I support that yeah. notion. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um. Stay tuned for Crown of Gilded Bones. Um. When you're hearing this, two of our other episodes probably would have dropped both author interviews one with the casts and one with um roshani so listen for those and i mean you have a lot of content dropping really quick really quick like all together we're really sorry we've been away we're really hoping to get part three up soon and like we're hoping to get back to like more normally scheduled programming as our lives like kind of settle down a little bit which has been really nice but honestly we really appreciate everyone sticking like we know it kind of sucks and like 
I know we've seen the messages like where are you guys so sweet, but like for the most part everyone has been so nice and like really understanding and like we really appreciate you guys like reaching yeah, out we've just had a lot of like milestones and just a lot of shit to do that's sh- all life changes just just a big life that change take, that take a lot of time really. a lot of time and a lot of energy like i'm not gonna lie like after all of this like I'm, you like, feel like you've accomplished nothing in a day but you actually done a lot of things yeah like it's like one of those types of mm-hmm, situations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot but um thank you guys so much for listening as always everything is linked in the episode description all our socials and stuff we're gonna try and be more you know active on social media because now things are a little more back to normal so on twitter and on instagram keep tagging us in tiktoks we fucking love it we see all of them and it gives us a good giggle um keep emailing us keep keep reaching out because we do eventually respond to pretty much everybody and if possible if you could leave a review and a rating on apple um podcasts because it really helps out our podcast and it helps it get seen by other people who might enjoy listening um that's it yeah we love you thanks for listening to two book bitches bye